This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, Parshanos 5782. We're going to be talking about the last Pusuk of Birchas Kohen. And we all know Yivarecha Hashem Yishmerecha, Yerah Hashem Panavelech of Yechunecha, Yisah Hashem Panavelech of Yasim Lecha Shalom. So Yisah Hashem Panavelech of Yasim Lecha Shalom means Hashem should lift His face to you and He should grant you peace. He should place within you peace. Now here's the problem. We just said in the second bracha, Yer Hashem Panavelech, that Hashem should light up His face to you. And then it says, Yisah Hashem Panavelech, that Hashem should lift up His face to you. What's the difference between HaKadosh Baruch Hu lighting up His face and lifting up His face to you? So Rashi says a funny thing, Yer Hashem Panavelech seems to be a form of Ashkacha Pratis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu pay attention to you, show His face to you, be so happy with you. That's the Yer. Yisah Hashem Panavelech, Rashi says, I will hold back my anger and not destroy you. Now, that's an awful extreme, isn't it? Now, it's clear that it's from the Lushan of the word nas, n- like, no say avon. It's not like naso, the beginning of the parsha, lifting up. Don't worry, that's air conditioning. It's not naso as in lifting up. It's really like no say avon, ufesha vachata ake. What does no say avon mean? What does a Kaddish Baruch do? A Kaddish Baruch so to speak, takes the sins, puts them on his back, and carries them away. He forgives the sins. That's what the no say avon is supposed to be. Naso is to lift up, and I guess they're related, but this Yisah Shampanavilecha, therefore, according to Rashi, is not a sense of giving you something, but rather taking away something. And the reason why it says the word pun of twice is just for that reason. There are different faces that a Kaddish Baruch Hu uses. There's a face of chesed, and there's a face of din. There's a face where a Kaddish Baruch Hu says, here's what I'm giving you, a happy face, and a face where a Kaddish Baruch Hu says, but I can't. But I can't do that for you. So because there's both of those, for the good face, Yoyer Hashem Hashem gives you that face. And for the bad face, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes it back. And that's how the Nitziv puts it. The Nitziv says, and Rav Schwab says it as well, right? The Panav means Midosav, the Midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The way HaKadosh Baruch Hu works in the world, again, positively and negatively, there are good things, there are bad things, there are different things out there. And the Be'er Basada says the exact same thing. He says HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us Rachma, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us Chesed, that will silence any anger that we possibly could have had according to our deeds, he'll take care of it for us and everything will work out in the best possible way. We're going to talk about this in a second with the Torah and more the Bechor how that applies to Shalom, but for right now. On the other hand, the Ksav Sofer says something, HaKadosh Baruch is going to give you the ability to overcome your Yetzir Hara. You'll be able to stop yourself from doing something bad. You'll be a Gibor. Ezo Gibor. Come on guys, you know what this is. Ezo Gibor. HaKovesh. As Yitzro. Kovish is Yitzro. You overcome your Yitzhahara. If you go above your Yitzhahara, that's the concept of what that Gibor is supposed to be over here. And if that's so, says the Ksav Sofer, then just stopping yourself from eating or drinking when you're not supposed to be, the things that are metame you, things that are metamte malev, that cause you to do more averos, that's the peace that you'll have. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisah Shampanavelecha means HaKadosh Baruch Hu will turn his face to you, this is the way the Ksav Sofer says, not to overcome your Yetzirah, etc., to take away your sins. It's the opposite, to overcome yourself by giving you all the shefam bracha that you could have so that you won't do anything wrong. Does everybody see what I'm saying with that? Again, the way Rashi's saying it is removal in order for you not to sin. And the way that the Ksav Sofer is saying it is giving you the ability to not sin, helping you find a way to be positive. I think as a Rebbe anywhere, right, that's the way that a teacher should be. There's a two ways that a teacher can impress upon a person. It's either giving and giving and giving, and then also taking away. I don't mean taking away as in like, taking away something from them, but in saying, 
you're better than this. You don't have to be that way. You could work harder than that. And giving it in a way where you're going one to the other. If you're able to do both, if you're able to have positive reinforcement as well as taking away the negative, I hope I'm saying that the right way, by making people think like, no, you're not, that's not you. That's not who you are. Then you have a proper Rebbe. But if a person is only positive or only knocking out the negative, then it never works. It never works that way. Yeah. For clarity, uh, taking away a negative is actually negative reinforcement. A lot of people confuse negative reinforcement as punishment. So let's say it a different way. So let's say it is in... Um, oh, no, no, I'm saying... Yeah, take. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Oh, it is that. That is the term. Yeah. So taking away the negative as a po- negative reinforcement. That's, that's what you're calling it. Perfect. Perfect. That's what I would like. That that that's the wording that I want. That's exactly correct. Okay, couple others, guys. Why are, what else? What else do we have by Yisrael Shampan Avilecha? The Ibn Ezra says in the first paragraph of Yeshaya that a Kaddish Baruch who tells him in a vision, a Kaddish Baruch who will hide his eyes from them. Right. This is the opposite of that. Yisrael Shampan Avilecha is wherever you go, no matter what a Kaddish Baruch who is looking at you, he turns his face to you, paying attention to everything that happens around you. Sort of like what Rashi says is, Yoyer Hashem He says, is Yisa Hashem That's why you're going to have peace, because everything's going to be awesome with you. Eov says this. Eov says in Parakeh Pasuk Yitas, Lo Yiga that nothing can hurt you. Nothing will be able to be thrown against you. You will be able to overcome everything. Now the Rashbam says also, there is no Hester Panim, meaning it's all going to be Giloi Panim. HaKadosh Baruch is going to be there with us. He'll cleanse us of our sins completely. Asher Lo Yisa Panim. But he, and that's the idea. He's not going, I'm just say it a different way. Kodesh Baruch doesn't cleanse us of our sins completely, but he does give chain to those that he loves. And that's what we're referring to right over here. And that's what the Pazik means in Parshbukhukose, I will turn to you. That's the idea, says the Rashbam. Targum Yonason says he'll listen to your tefillos. He will listen to you while you daven, that your tefillahs will affect the Shemayim. And even if it's something that might be bad for you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to make sure that he has something that's good for him. Parish Yonason says that's based on his Sifri. That's number four. Number five, Refer says there is a different type of relationship that we can have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There is, we'll call it the who relationship. And there's the Atta relationship. Does everybody understand what I mean by that? There's who as in, I know he exists but I have nothing to do with him. And then there's Atta, as in, you're right there for me. I can see you. I know you're there. When there's a who relationship, you know he's there, but I'm not sure how to go about that relationship. I'm not sure what to do for that relationship. An Atta relationship is pointing, directing yourself toward, being around HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the difference between it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will allow you not just to see your purpose in creation. You'll see the purpose of creation and how you're a part of it, how it goes with you, and that's the shalom that we're promised in the end. is You'll start to see part of the plan. You'll realize it. You'll recognize it. And you'll be like, this makes a total, so much sense. And in the end, there's shalom because even when bad things happen, you'll know that it's all for or a purpose, something, a reason that's there. As the Malvam says, there will be wholeness in the world, but not just here, in the worlds above as well. Everything works together, this and that world, harmoniously, to put everything together. The Chizkuni says, you're going to be successful. You're going to be happy. You're going to become rich. That's Esau Shampana Vilecha. You won't have to flatter anyone at all. Everything will just... Be given out in your favor. favor. That's the way, the way to learn it over here. The Sforno says, it's actually not talking about this world. Yisa Shampana Velecha is in Olam Haba. You're going to be sitting there, sitting with crowns on your head, 
right, basking in the glory of the Shekhinah as if it's a, an unbelievable sunburn, but a sunburn that's awesome. That's what it's going to be like. And that's Yisa Shampana Velecha. There won't be any Onshim, no worries, nothing to worry about, nothing there. All it is is you with HaKadosh Baruch the Olam HaEmes, where everything is Shalom. And finally, the Orachim HaKadosh. If you do things that separate you completely from HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch will take away all of that evil from you. He'll take you away from the bad things around you and give you peace. The opposite of period, meaning you will find some type of connection to something that you didn't know existed beforehand. You'll find the right person, the right thing, the right area to be able to go to, to be able to grow yourself. The Balatorim says this bracha, like all the brachas of Yerchaz are connected to the Avos. The first one is Avram Vinu. And although, I, I, I'm not going to go through everything, but Yivarech HaShem Yishmerecha, Avram Vinu is Vavorcha Mivorechecha, V'nivruchu Bacha Kol Goyeh Aretz. That's the bracha of Avram Vinu. So too, but Yivarech refers to Avram Vinu. Yitzchak, that's Yor HaShem And Yaakov, that's Yisa HaShem Panavilecha V'esim Lecha Shalom. Says the Balatorim. By Yaakov we have Yisa Yaakov Raglov. He lifted up his feet and he went to Haran. That's what ended up happening over there. So too, the Balatorim says, that's the idea of Vishavti Vishalom, the bracha given to Yaakov Vinu. That's this bracha over here. There are 25 words in Yisa Shampana Velecha. I shouldn't say words, letters over here. By Yisa Shampana Velecha Vyasim Lecha Shalom, 25 letters for the bracha of Kosomar Lebeis Yaakov. The Chaf Hey of Kosamar Lebeis Yaakov, the Rokeach, the Rabbeinu Raphaim, the Rimzer Rabbeinu Yol, the Pesach Ohel, all of them speak about the different Ramazim over here. I'm not going to go into all of them, I'm just going to go on to another thing. What does the world of Shalom mean? So the Bechor Shor and the Pitzur Amor, they both say that Shalom means peace with everyone. You won't have a Yetzirah, you won't have a Satan, you won't have any Pegayim Rayim, you won't have any Umos Olam, the nations of the world won't bother you, and no demons. None of that will affect you in any which way. You'll be safe in everything you have. But there's more. The Rokeach says the word Shalom is the same gematria as Esav. Same gematria as Esav. 376. Because number one, says the Balaturim, we're required to be Maktim Shalom Lecholadim. You're supposed to say Shalom to everyone before they say hello to you, even to a non-Jew. If you see a non-Jew in the street, say something to him first, say Shalom first, and we learn that from this passage. The Rokeach says, if we don't have peace with one another, if we don't have that Shalom, then Esav's going to take over and destroy us. That's when Esav comes and takes us down. That's the Esav, the 376 that we're talking about over here. Tom Vidas says, it's obvious that this idea of Esav is the Yitzhahara. See, Esav made peace with his Yitzhahara. He's okay with it. Whatever the Yitzhahara tells him to do, he's okay with doing. That's the shalom that he has. Our shalom is to be taken away from the Yitzhahara, to not have to worry about that Yitzhahara. That's the biggest bracha. So says the Tamadas, that's why we connect it to Esav. Just like Esav has peace in this world, we're going to come to a world where we will have peace. That's the idea behind it. Okay, now we're going to go a little bit different. Rokhain Kinyaski says in Tamid Akra that Shalom is a receptacle. It's Mekabal the Shefa of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's the only Kli that can do so. Now let's think for a second. If you have a bowl, you want to put Shalom inside that bowl, you can only fit Shalom inside that bowl the amount that will fit inside there. You can't do more than that. If you try to overpour, right, pour more Shalom than it's actually in the bowl, it's going to overflow and it won't fit inside there. That's obvious, right? Well, you need and this is something that nobody's been able to figure out yet, I'm hoping at some point somebody will be able to do it, is you need something that's called an expanding bowl. And I hope they, co- they create this idea very, very soon. An expanding bowl would be, every time you put something in, it gets a little bigger. 
you put a little bit more in, you expand it a little bit bigger. It's able to grow with the chalent that's inside there. It'd be awesome, right? You just keep going and going and going. Bad for diets, but it's good otherwise to be able to have. So here's the shot. Shalom is a clee that keeps growing as you put more in it. The more shalom bias you have, the greater it becomes in someone's house. It keeps growing with it. Talmidei Chachamim, we say this every Shabbos toward the end of davening, if you live in Eretz Yisrael, if you say this at the end of davening, there are other people who say this every day with the Ketoros after davening, are marbim shalom ba'olam. What that means is, is that we all know that Talmidei Chachamim are receptacles for the Shefa of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Shefa of Hashem, that influence of Hashem comes down, flows through them, and goes out to everyone else. In fact, that's the conduit that you have by wearing tefillin. It's, so to speak, grabbing that kedusha and putting it around you, right, as you're davening, and then allows you to shoot it out to anybody that's out there. You can give it over to anybody that's there. That's the power of what a Talmud Chacham can do. If a Talmud Chacham is Rav Shalom Banayich, your builders, that they're marbim shalom olam. They make that shalom into the world. They turn it into something that's bigger and bigger and bigger, growing it so that there's more and more and more ability for people to do things in this world they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Revel Yashiv says that even, you can say, that even more, we need this in the world of Torah. In order for a world of Torah to be built, you need a world of peace. Now, I know that sounds like almost like oxymoronic, the whole point behind learning is arguing with a chavrusa, getting a chavrusa and trying to figure it out. Because when you just think for yourself and you just have yourself out there, you're never able to figure out if you're right or wrong because you're always going to think you're right. Who thinks they're wrong when they're learning something and they figure something out? You have to have someone who's arguing with you to clarify your position and to make sure that you're saying the right thing and you to him as well. So you can clarify his position. The more you talk it out, the clearer something becomes. And then all of a sudden you're able to come out with something that you weren't able to do on your own because you wouldn't have thought that way. It's obvious that you need another idea, another person involved in order to make that happen. Says Rabbi Yashif, so where's the shalom in that? How can you have shalom between Talmud and Chachamim if they're always fighting with one another? Each one of them trying to get their position in and trying to say what their opinion is. You can imagine Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda or Reb Shimon and Reb Yossi, Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, each one stating their position and claiming that they're the one who has it right while the other person is completely wrong. What does that mean? And the answer is because although Talmud Chachamim get into fights in the base Medrash, they don't understand what's going on. But there's a mutual respect that happens that once they leave, they say, oh, it's great to see you. We'll talk to you soon. They're able to leave their problems in the base medrash and take it out somewhere else so that they can leave in peace and there can be shalom between them. That way there's a kiddush Hashem. It, it's, if you go to Lakewood, to the Mir, to big, big yeshivas, and you see some of the chavrusas learning, you honestly think that they're going to kill each other. I one time stabbed my chavrusa with a pencil. It wasn't on purpose. I was trying to get my point across, right? And I took my pencil and I slammed it down, not realizing his hand was there. That was a bad thing. So I stabbed him. He didn't go to the hospital. Thank God. Everything was good. We're perfectly fine. Afterward, we hugged it out, right? In a manly way, you know, sort of like a half hug, you know, something like that, right? And we made sure everything was okay. It was at the time. It was at, you can bring somebody in there. The guy's going to be like, oh my gosh, these guys hate each other. They totally hate each other. I've seen people throw chairs across the room at one another, right? That guy who threw the chair was wrong, by the way. Not because he threw the chair. That was okay. His opinion was wrong. I remember that because I was the other guy. So I totally, I, I can uh, totally understand how that happens. But the... 
once you leave, there has to be a Kiddush Hashem. There has to be a Kiddush Hashem that happens because they're Marbim Shalom Ba'olam afterward. And that's the idea. The other word for Talmud Chamim in Shas is a Chaver. Because that's what he's supposed to be. The greatest friendship is for that Torah to find peace to be able to make that Kiddush Hashem in the world. The Chavetz Chaim says, then why is it mentioned last? If it's the Kli, the receptacle that holds everything in, shouldn't it be first? First, Hashem should say to us, Shalom. And then say, That's what it should be. If Shalom is the receptacle, it makes no sense to throw a bunch of things at the guy and then only afterward throw him a basket to put everything in. That doesn't make any sense. Throw in the basket first so we can catch it and then throw in the bracha and the vishmarecha and the yoyer Hashem and the Esau. Throw that afterward. Says the Chafetz Chaim, what are you doing throwing the basket afterward? He says, it's only a proper kli when the right things are inside it. Meaning, it's not a kli in the beginning. Shalom sometimes is a bad thing. When you have shalom with Rishayim and there are evil people that you're totally okay with, and things are happening against the will of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that's a terrible thing. You're supposed to fight. Go up against them and tell them they're wrong. How to do that? Okay, that's a different story. But you're supposed to do things like that. Shalom is not the greatest bracha in the world if used incorrectly. It's only if you have Yevarecha and Yishmarecha and Ya'ir and Bichuneka and Yisa, then you can have a proper receptacle of shalom, then everything's going to be okay. But if it comes with bad midos, if it comes as just, he's just a nice guy and he doesn't want to rock the boat, right? If that's what a rabbi does and he doesn't want to rock the boat and he's okay with things happening as long as people don't get angry at him, then you're going in the wrong direction. If there's a principle of a school anywhere, I mean, grade school, high school, maybe even a base medrash, if there was such a thing, like who didn't get the Talmudim angry with him, then he's not doing his job correctly. The whole point of a menahel is to get people to hate him because that's what he's supposed to do. He's not supposed to be your friend. He's supposed to be someone that you legitimately fear and you recognize he runs it. He runs the yeshiva. Yeah, now. Is it closer to like, um, let's say your Rebbe's telling you something from the Gemara, like, and you take one side and he's like giving over this side and blah, 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 and all this and then like, No, for sure. That's the whole point of it. As long as you don't take that mad after the shear is over and be like, I'm never talking to this guy ever again. You know what I mean? Come on. That's the wrong thing to do. To be able to say there's a different Derek to be able to to learn it, even though I don't fully understand it because I'm not going to go that way. But the whole point of learning is to try to understand his tzad, even though you don't agree with it. To try to understand where he's coming from. You do that all the time by any Tana, any Machlokas Amorayim. You want to see what each side was thinking in the Gemara, right? Which is why the Gemara goes through and it'll tell you the other side. What do you think with that puzzle? What do you do with that puzzle? It's that you can understand both sides of the coin to be able to understand it. Okay, skipping a little bit. The Gemara says in Rosh Now this Gemara is in three different places. I'm going to do the one in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, although there are different answers that are given in different places. It's in Rosh Hashanah, Yudzayin, Mabez, Yochesim, and Aleph, Nida, Ayin, Mabez, and Brachos, Chaf, Mabez. There's a contradiction between two psukim. One is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Yisah Hashem Panavelecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to lift his face to you and give you favor. He's going to grant you exactly what you want. He's going to give you whatever you want. On the other hand, we also have a Pasuk in Dvarim Parak Yud, Pasuk Yud Zayin. Asher lo yisa ponim. He is not going to grant you favor. He is not going to show you any favoritism. He doesn't like you. He is not going to do anything extra for you. And those are very, very opposites. 
How do you understand that? So in one way, the Moshe of Zakenia brings us free and the Gemaras bring down one way. If they're do, they do tshuva, then they're given favor. And if they don't do tshuva, then they don't get favor, right? The problem with that is, then it really should have said panecha, not panav elecha. That's God's face. Okay, that's one way of looking at it. Another answer is one is before the Gzardin. One is after the Gzardin. But the famous answer that everybody goes into is, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the Malachim who asked this Kasha. The Malachim asked the Kasha to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, do you show favor or do you not show favor? He said, I told Bnei Yisrael, I told them, when you eat and you're satisfied, that's when you bench. And when do Bnei Yisrael bench? Either when they eat a Kezayis or when they eat a Kebeah. They eat an egg's worth or an olive's worth, they go ahead and bench. Should I not show them favor if they're doing something extra, something that I didn't ask them to do? I told them to only bench if they're full. And they're benching even if they just have a little bit. Right? So of course I got to show them favor. That's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's line. Now obviously that leads to a bigger question. How does that answer? Think of that answer. God, you said you don't show favor. Right? But over here it says you do show favor. And Hashem says, well, what can I do? <laughs> what, what, I don't, not go against your word? <laughs> Isn't that what you could do? I, where's the Sherlock Yisaf fun in part in this? Where does that apply? Does that apply to everybody else? Because that really is showing favoritism. How does Sherlock Yisaf fun apply if it doesn't seem true? So we've got a lot over here, okay? Rav Victor Miller says this favor is granted only for those who demonstrate favor for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Zavoda. If you voluntarily serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for example, staying up on Shavuos night and being able to learn at a time when nobody else is learning, doing something when other people wouldn't do it, he will pay you back in kind even though you aren't doing it for the exact right reasons. He will pay you back in kind form. We learned that from something like Berchas Kohanim. It's not automatically effective, says Rabbi Victor Miller. It's given on certain conditions. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Sometimes we do it in the right way, and sometimes we're not always in the right. We're not always in the right. Says Rabbi Victor Miller, when you do things in the right way, then a Kaddish Baruch will grant you favor back. You do something a little bit extra, then you'll get something back, and that's the lesson to be learned over here. The Kliyakr says, when a person is willing to be mavatar of himself, let's look at a little kid. When a little kid is willing to give up his toy, to give to his friend, Right? When he does that, that shows a high level of understanding that my friend is important to me. Right? You can't expect that from a two-year-old. You might not even be able to expect that from a three-year-old. You, know what? you might not be able to expect that from a 16-year-old. But you would expect it at a certain age, at a certain maturity level, where the person says, it's not about me. It's about the other people around me. I want to help the people around me and I want to do this. When a person is mevater, then something great can happen. If you're willing to be mevater and bench... Not everybody likes benching. I know people that won't eat bread all week long, not because they don't like bread. They love bread, but they just don't want to bench. And that's unbelievably evil, right? That's, that, that should not be done. Not by us, right? But if you're sitting there, right, you're saying, I am going to give of myself. I'm going to give two and a half minutes of my day to bench to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And when I say that, Ari, Ari, Alavai. Alavai is two and a half minutes. If you can get 33 seconds in, I'll be very proud of you. Very, very proud. You count yourself. Just, just time. The next time we bench, guys, that we bench. Just time how long the benching is. Not on Shabbos Day, right, where there's everybody around and you sing the first. I mean, I mean, like, getting around. If you're doing more than a minute, 
then I, I demand that you be Megali yourself as Mashiach because, you know, that, 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 I, I, it's almost an impossibility. A minute. You're willing to give a minute to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, let alone two minutes or two and a half minutes to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. I had a Rebbe Rav David Kaplan who used to say, he said, you should spend three and a half minutes benching. It was literally impossible. I would be sitting at the table for an extra two minutes. I would be doing it as slow as I can, and 90 seconds had passed. 90 seconds. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do. I was like saying on 15 times. There was nothing else to do, right? He asked for all of us. It was part of a shmooze, that, uh, part of a, a, a vod that he gave. In three and a half minutes, it's almost completely impossible. That's the idea behind it, says the Kliyakar. When you do that, then you'll feel full and satisfied. That's when you feel full and satisfied. And that's the shot behind the whole Gemara. Think about the Gemara for a second. They should be. They only should bench if they feel satisfied. But they're only eating a kazayas or a kabeah. So in fact, that should be wrong. If Hashem says only bench when you eat X amount, and you're like, no, I'm going to bench when there's a little, a smaller amount. I'm going to do it when I want to do it. Why is that the right thing to do? You shouldn't argue with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You should do what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants you to do, not against the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And the answer is, no, 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 no. What that means is when you recognize that it's okay for me just to have a Kazayas or just to have a Kabea, then you'll feel full from that. And why? Because you're willing to give up your food to others. Say, you might have a little bit less, but other people will get as well. That's the idea behind it. The Melo Omer says, perhaps we can learn that from Moshe Rabbeinu. He was metakin for us to be able to say the bracha of hazan, even though we're eating the mun, which should not have satisfied them at all. Think about that. They ate the mun. It didn't go in their stomachs. The mun was a spiritual food. It just spread throughout their bodies. They never went to the bathroom when they were in the midbor. So I don't know if they ever felt full. I don't know if they ever started eating and said, okay, now I feel good about myself. I feel like I have a full stomach. It could be that every time they had the mun, their stomach was still growling, but they had all the nutrients they needed, so they were fine. It's not like they're drinking coffee. It would sort of be like having a pill. And the pill gives you all of the nutrients you need and all the vitamins you need for the entire day. But you don't feel full. You just have everything you need. And who made the bracha of Azonis Olam Kulo Who made that bracha? Moshe Rabbeinu. What's Moshe Rabbeinu making the bracha for? Why are they benching? They're just eating mun. And the answer is, because it must be, it's not about being full. It's about understanding that you should thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for whatever you're eating. That's how the Malo Omar puts it. Isn't that a brilliant call? I mamish never thought about it. The only thing that I could think of is maybe Moshe Benu made the bracha of Azana Sa'olam Kulo when they were still eating regular food. When they were still eating matzah on Pesach night, he created the bracha. And then they didn't say it throughout the midboard during the 40 years when they were having the month. But the Malomar is making a great call. If Moshe Rabbeinu made it, it's likely that he made it in the midboard. If he made it in the midboard, then they weren't full. So how could you accomplish v'achalta, v'savata, uverachta? You couldn't. And yet you benched. They did bench. They had v'azonis olam kulo. So it shows that no matter what, you still have to do something. Were you going to ask, Dave? Right, that they were still hungry. Right, and that's okay. And it's totally okay that there's spiritual... Yeah, 100%. That, that's really what I was saying. The Chidusha Rim, the Ger Rebbe, says a very short line over here. He says, the fact that we know that Hashem is giving us our food satisfies us. That's enough. 
Like, if it's my food, then I have to eat it to show, like, I did this. I'm the one who did it. I'm the one who created it. But when it's God giving me my food, that fact in and of itself should make us feel satisfied that we're doing everything we needed to do. We got everything that a Kaddish Baruch wanted us. See, the Me'ashiloch, the Ishbitzer, says it a little bit further. He says, when someone recognizes the root of where, I'm sorry, the root of where his food is coming from. He recognizes that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is in his food. He's getting himself in that food. It's like a Kaddish Baruch Hu is right there. He doesn't care how much it is or what it's made of. This is God's food. It would be like as a mushal if a king gave you a gift. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's a king's gift. The president of the United States, not the current, but maybe a different one, right? I don't want to go all political. Maybe the current. Depends on who you are, right? So that, the president of the United States gives you a gift. He gave you a gift. He gave you something amazing. Give you something. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a pen. It could be a pencil. It could be something, right? Whatever it is. It, either way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave, it, it, that's the concept of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us. And therefore, we say right in of itself, it's as if that's what's satisfying us, not the thing itself. That's how the Kol Simcha ends up being it through. It's about the giver, the one who gives it, rather than what exactly the gift is. Adar Zalio, the Ben Ishchai, says, you know, we're not rewarded for our mitzvos in this world. You know that, right? Schar mitzvos Baha'i Alma, Leka. There's no schar mitzvos in this world. So how in the world do we expect to get paid back for anything in this world? Why do we have anything good happening to us? It should be just up to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. If none of the mitzvahs are given to us, and that's not, you know, it's not going to happen in this world. Schar mitzvah we're not going to be rewarded for anything whatsoever. So the Gemara in Kedushan, it's in Lama Tesmavay, says we are rewarded for two mitzvahs which were given to us directly. The two mitzvahs that were given us to, us to us directly were, what two mitzvahs, guys? Anochi and? Right? I am a Kaddish Baruch Hu and there won't be any idols whatsoever. But all the other mitzvos, right, were given to us through a shliach. There's a regarding Baal Tullin, right? When you're going to pay back a worker. When you pay back a worker. So here's the halacha. If you hire the guy directly, if I would go up to a babysitter and I say, Mr. Babysitter or Mrs. Ba- Miss Babysitter, I'm hiring you for two hours and I'm paying you by the hour then there is a lav of low sullen. I must pay that person by the end of that day or I'm over on the lav. It's an hourly worker, a schiriyom. I've got to pay by the end of that day. However, if I hire them through a shliach, then there's no isser of low sullen. There's no isser of al sullen. So meaning, if I ask Avi over here to go hire a babysitter for me and Avi hires that babysitter, I do not have to pay them by that day. I can do it any other time and it's perfectly fine. Does everybody get it? Lo Sullen applies. If a Kaddish Baruch Hu is paying us back and we are his workers, we're Shiri Yom, we get paid by the day, then he has to pay us on that day. But that's only for mitzvahs that he gave us himself, not for mitzvahs that he gave us through a Shliach. 611 mitzvahs were given through Moshe Rabbeinu. Two mitzvahs were given through HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We don't get paid back for the 611 mitzvahs. Those are waiting in Olam Haba. And if you say, Lo Sullen, Hashem is to pay us back in this world. No, it was hired through a shliach. But two mitzvahs HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us directly. Anochi and Lo Yelacha. And since those mitzvahs were given to us directly, we have to be paid back in this world. That explains the Medrash. The Medrash says, Yisa Hashem Panave Lecha. Hashem will lift his face to you and give you favor, meaning give you reward in this world, says the Ben Yishai from the Medrash. Devarim shebeincha lebeino. Things between you and him. And what that means is, the only thing that a Baruch Hu is going to reward us for every single day 
is Anochi and Lo Yelachov. We keep those mitzvos, and that Yisa Hashem Panavi Lecha. But Asher Lo Yisa Fanim, He will not reward us for any other mitzvah because every other mitzvah was given by a shliach. And we're not going to get rewarded for those mitzvahs. It's going to be different when it comes to that. That's an unbelievable little word, right? Yeah. What's up, Dave? But, 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 the Rambam does mention them as separate mitzvos. So no, they don't encompass other mitzvos. They embody the other mitzvos. In other words, all the mitzvos can be fit into those two categories of ase and los ase, but they don't include all other mitzvos. If I believe in anochi, that doesn't mean I'm doing chalitza. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm doing lo yelecha, that doesn't mean I'm not murdering. Agreed, agreed. So they're important, but it doesn't mean when I'm accomplishing them, the sheesh mitzvahs tamidios, that doesn't mean I'm doing every mitzvah every second of the day. There are specific mitzvahs that I have to be makayim, right? And those are two of them, and and lo yelach are two of the sheesh tamidios, but it doesn't mean I'm accomplishing everything together. What about tzedakah and then the concept of tzedakah mitzvah? Tzedakah mitzvah mitzvah is automatically you'll get an opportunity to do another mitzvah, but not that literally you're going to get something else, a reward in this mitzvah itself. And tzedakah is one of the only things, because the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, B'chanuni nabazos, to test me in this. So he says, you can go ahead and give a tzedakah al tanai on condition. So that's only something you're doing, but you have to fulfill the actual mitzvah of tzedakah before you get to that point. In other words, if you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah of tzedakah yet for the year, then you've got to do that, and then you can give tzedakah al tanai. Usually that's the way to be able to look at it, and that's, that's how you have it. Why benching? Why benching? Why is benching chosen over all this? You could have picked any mitzvah, right? Any mitzvah that we do extra. For example, I'm wearing tzitzis right now, right? I, I have no chiv to wear tzitzis right now. It's a chovas gavra, that's true. It's a chiv on the person, but it's only a chovas gavra if I'm wearing a four-cornered baguette. Who, who owns a four-cornered baguette? Unless you own a poncho, right? Nobody owns a four-cornered baguette. If you own a poncho, you have other issues, right? Well, what in the world are you doing wearing tzitzis? But we do, right? So why shouldn't that be it? I sure lo him. How could I not show favor to Klau Yisrael that they decided to wear tzitzis? The Shevin Akim. By a woman who's in need, there's so many mitzvahs that we took on for ourselves. Chumras, we'll call them. Chumras, right? Durabanans. Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu could say, wow, look at what they did for themselves. Why is benching the one that HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at over here? So the Tamadas Rav, 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 um, Rav Sternbach quotes the Alshech, Ramosha Alshech, who says about the words, V'dorshe Hashem, those who search for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, look for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lo yachsru kol tov, they will never be lacking anything good. They'll never be missing anything good. They'll always have it. When do we say that, guys? No. Yeah, benching. It's the very end. Yeros Hashem, Yeros Hashem, etc. Okay, so it's inside there. Very, very good. Says that. Tzaddikim, he says, the Alshech says, will eat because they need to. But they won't fill themselves up completely knowing that this world is not for fulfilling our every desire. That's not why we're living in this world. If they understand the concept of bracha and shefa, then they know it's not for us. It's to do Hashem's will in a greater fashion. The more money I have gives me more opportunities to do greater things than when there's another opportunity to give to an organization that's doing a one-day campaign that's three or four times and to be able to pay money to it. I can say, okay, I guess I got a bigger check this week, so therefore I'll be able to give. When there's seven Mishulachim that come to my door, and each one lines up right after the other, okay, Akadosh Baruch Hu, I had that. And instead of doing it, and they're like, okay, one by one. 
It's a, all right, I obviously have an opportunity here. This $50 that I'm giving this guy is going to take me away from a $50 ticket that I would have gotten for talking on my phone in the car. And I understand that. That's the way that I'd have to look at it and understand that that's what a Baruch Hu is doing over here. These tzaddikim have shown by benching over a kezayis and a kabeah, by not filling themselves up and eating less, that they accept shefa and they do it for the right reasons. Does everybody get that idea? They're figuring out from the food how to use it correctly. The Znaim Latorah says, usually when a person goes out to war, it's because someone doesn't have enough food, right? Why am I fighting somebody else? I see a nation that has a lot of food, that has a lot of stuff, and I don't have a lot of stuff. So I want what they have. So I fight, I go, because I'm jealous of them, and I want to have what they have. No one would put themselves in danger if they were mistopic with what they had. Does everybody understand that? Right? No nation is dumb enough. If Russia would sit there and say, we've got a huge country, a huge country, what in the world do we need another bunch of little, little areas for? What do I need this for? If Russia would be mistopic, I wouldn't even say bemut, bemeruba. If there would be mistopic, there'd be no reason to fight Ukraine. There'd be no reason whatsoever. I'm not talking about fighting back. I mean fighting in order to get something. There's no reason to start a war without something like that. That's the concept. The idea is B'nai Yisrael show that we're different by eating a kezayis and a kebeah and benching. I don't need more. I will take what a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives me and I'm okay with it. I'm perfectly fine with it. When people treat the Pusik literally and decide I'm not going to bench because I'm not full yet. I want to have more and more and more that leads them into the wrong direction. That leads the other nations to say, oh, they really do have more. Then they're going to take from us. Then they're going to go through. Our Kaddish Baruch wants to tell us we could do with even less. That's why this bracha grants, grants us favor more than anything else. Okay, there's a couple. Does anybody know the famous Rechaim Velashen on this Pusik? It's a famous one. They say that Klaus are medacting themselves not to eat too much and to be mistopic b'muad. When they give tzedakah to a poor person, they give the poor person more than they would eat themselves. For themselves, they'll have a simple peanut butter and jelly sandwich. For a poor person, they'll buy him a steak dinner at Shalit's. That's the way that a Jew should act. That you'll treat them better than what you would do over there. That's the idea behind it. So that's where Chaim Velashen's famous port. And that's why Kaddish Baruch Hu says, how can I not show them favor? How can I not be happy with them? There's a Chassam Sofer over here. It's a famous one. There's two. One in the Chassam Sofer and his Chuvis. One in the Torah's Moshe. Right? They're both amazing. Absolutely amazing. There's a Menachem Sin over here as well. Then comes the Vilna Gon. Anybody heard the Vilna Gon on this Pasuk? On this, this famous Sira? It's a, it's, it's a good one. He says, why are you mentioning a Kezayis and a Kebeah? It's two different opinions. It's Machlokas, Rebbe Yehuda, and Rebbe Meir, if you bench on a Kezayis or a Kebeah. It's their Machlokas. Everybody agrees if you fill yourself up and you're Vesavata, then you bench. But do you bench on a Kezayis or a Kebeah? It's Machlokas, Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Yehuda. So why in the world did the Gemara say, they bench, HaKadosh Baruch said, they bench Ad Kezayis, Ad Kebeah, they'll eat a Kezayis or a Beah. Either or, it should be one or the other. It shouldn't be both. And why is Kezayis mentioned first, he says. He also asks why this specific mitzvah over anything else. The same question that we asked before. Here's what he says. There are three Kezayisim in every Be'ah. Does everybody know that? Three Kezayisim in every Be'ah. But technically, that's not exactly correct. The, there's a famous Zohar that says there are ten Kezayisim in a Shir Su'uda. And a Shir Su'uda is three Be'ahs. Three eggs is the Suda. I hinted to that before. And there are ten Kizesim in that Suda, which really means every Be'ah is how many Kizesim? How many Kizayas? 
three and a third, right? That was some heavy math there, Mati. I knew you would do the heavy lifting today, right? Three and a third altogether. Therefore, what B'nai Yisrael do is something extremely special. Think about this for a second. If they see that there are 10 people there, right? There are 10 people there. And he has a meal for himself. And how much is a meal? Three beas. And how much is three beas? 10 kizasin. The guy will forego eating the whole meal himself, give a kizayis to every single person there so that they have a minion to bench. If there's only three people there, then he'll give a beya to every person there so that they'll at least have a mizumen. That's the pshat. If you have a meal, which is savata, three beas, which is ten kizaisim, then you're willing to give one kizais to each person to bench with a minion or one bea to each person to make a mizumen. That's why Kaddish Baruch Hu says, how can I not show favor to Klau Yisrael if they're willing to give up what they have for somebody else out there? That's an unbelievable word. It's such an unbelievable thing to say. There's a famous story with a guy who went to go visit. I, I, I think it was brought down by Pesach, Pesach Krohn where a guy went, in one of his first books, like, you know, the Magid be. The Maggid walks, the Maggid talks, the Maggid speaks, the Maggid eats, I don't know, whichever one, the first one, right? So I think it's where he brings it up, where a guy who's an American, you know, what used to eat by a certain family, and he knew that the family didn't have much. So when he was leaving Eretz Yisrael, right, he wanted to bring them a gift. So his gift, he brought them, right, there were three kids, he brought them three ice creams. You know, the three ice creams that he bought with the right hechsher and everything, right? He gave it over to them, right? And he expected, like, the, and they said, thank you. And then they ran outside. And he was upset, you know? Like, he thought that they were going to enjoy it right in front of him. He wanted to watch them eat it, right? He couldn't believe it. So he said to the, the Kola Yungerman that he was staying by, their father, he said, I can't believe that they just treated it that way. They just took it and ran. He said, come here, come here. This is what they do. He showed them in the window. The kids had gathered all the kids of the apartment building, all the different kids of the apartment building. They went outside. They took the ice cream out. And they had a little knife. The oldest among them cut the ice cream cone into little slices. And everybody got to have one slice. The 20 kids there shared the three things of ice cream. They obviously weren't used to having such a thing. It was an amazing thing to be able to have. And they were willing to share it with everybody else. This is a Kaddish Baruch How can I not show favor to Klai Yisrael when you have something like that happening? When you have something like that that goes on within Klai Yisrael. And that's the Pshat behind the Gra itself. I'm going to finish with this Yehudi HaKadosh. The Yehudi HaKadosh of Pshizcha says, you know, the reason why we shake hands with people to make a deal is based on this Pasuk. It's based on this Pasuk right over here. Even when you're saying hello and goodbye, it's based on all of Birchas Kwanim, really. Birchas Kwanim contains 15 words. Yivrecha Hashem Yishmerecha, Yoyer Hashem Panov Eilecha V'yichunecha, Yisa Hashem Panov Eilecha V'yasem Lecha Shalom. Worked out well, right? 15 things all together. You know why your hand is called a Yad? I learned this from a cab driver in Eretz Because you have three knuckles on each of your fingers. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and two on your thumb. 13, 14. What's the gematria of 14? Yad. And that's why it's called a Yad. You have Yad and Yad, and it's called Koach. When you take your Yad and you smile at the person, you say Shalom, right? And that word Shalom comes out. The 14 parts of your knuckle shaking the other guy's hand is the 14 words of Yivarecha Hashem, Yoyer Hashem, Panav Eilecha, 
Yisa Hashem Panav Eilech of Yasem Lecha Shalom. And you say shalom to a person, and that's why we shake someone's hand when you greet them, saying the word shalom. It's also brought down in the Otsur Kol Minhagi Yeshur, and I saw that in the Otsur Plos Atayra, says the exact same thing, that shalom plus the handshake puts the number 15 on those two people, which gives them not only koach, the strength to be able to make a deal to work out together, but it's also the concept of what it means to put shalom on each other and apply the bracha of birchas konim whenever you say hello to somebody. Unbelievable idea. Yeah, right? That's the power of what it means to have Birkhaskorn. We'll stop with that, guys. Have a great Shabbat.